let's say you have a back problem like I do, you know, and I knew I was going to have this interview with you. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take some Advil. So same thing, like meditation is like a root thing. It's not Advil. We're using it like Advil when we should be using it like back stretches. Welcome to Meditationable, the show where you'll hear stories of experts in the fields of meditation, well-being, and more. This is your host, Anto. Today on the show, musician, translator, scholar, and professor at Brown University, Srinivas Reddy. Hello. I'm so excited to talk to you today, Srini. I'm pleasure to be here. I have a lot of questions, but first I wanted to give you the opportunity of introducing yourself to the world and to tell us a little about what you do. Uh, my name is Srinivas Reddy. Um, I do a lot of different things. Um, I'm a musician. I play sitar. I started playing guitar when I was a kid, but sitar kind of became my life. Um, but uh, parallel to that, I also studied South Asian literature and religions. And um, so trying to combine both of those things, both in my kind of artistic life and also my teaching life, um, I think are like the two main uh, kind of paths of my life uh, that, you know, intersect kind of nicely uh, sometimes. Um, and uh, I love to cook. That's probably the other great passion of my life. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. I live in Rhode Island now. Uh, I grew up here. Uh, I worked uh, in India for six years before coming to Brown. And um, yeah, it's great to be here. Great to have you here too. Um, <laughs> so my first question is, could you tell us about the first time you ever meditated or you had the aha moment of of I want to dive deeper into this? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, well, the first time I think I really kind of got in touch with maybe not even meditation specifically, but but spiritual kinds of philosophical religious teachings. Um, although it was like part of my upbringing, just, you know, being Hindu growing up at home. One summer, it was during college, um, my grandfather came to visit and he's a Sanskrit scholar and he read the Bhagavad Gita with me and my sister, my, my dad. And it was amazing. Um, and I loved the Sanskrit language that that's actually kind of like what got me into it. And then it turned out that there was a Sanskrit professor at Brown and that Sanskrit professor was also a meditation teacher. Um, so it all was like related to, you know, kind of rediscovering, you know, things about my own culture and religion that I was curious about. But the meditational aspect wasn't something that, you know, my parents did. They did more prayers and pujas, rituals, that kind of thing. So the meditation was attractive to me because it was kind of like more philosophical or something. And um, yeah, and then I, the, I learned uh, uh, TM. That was what I learned when I was like 19 years old uh, from my Sanskrit professor. And then I had Professor Roth um, in college who was a Zen master. So that's when uh, I practiced some Zen and learned about the foundations of Zen. And basically since then I've been like deeply interested in meditation. Um, uh, but I'll have to say that, you know, 
I also went through a phase when I wasn't meditating at all, when I, you know, music was kind of everything for me. And that was kind of like my meditation. Um, and I still struggle with the idea of like, you know, what makes meditation meditation, you know, like for some people like gardening is like a meditation. Does that mean that they're meditators? Uh, I'm not sure. So it's a tricky question. So I guess formal meditation was, was first in college and it all came through um, this kind of rediscovery of Indian language and literature and philosophy. Yeah, that's so funny because my next question was going to be, how would you, in your own words, describe meditation? <laughs> so, you know, in class, um, I roll with one definition. Um, it's actually a definition of yoga, but let's say that yoga is a type of meditation, like, assuming that. Um, the classic definition, yoga chitta vritti nirodaha, which is, you know, just the, you know, calming down of the fluctuations of the mind. So technically, in some way, I feel like a, in a general sense, let us say, meditation is anything that really just calms you down, um, that like brings you a certain kind of tranquility or peace. Um, I think what, what makes meditation meditation, though, is a certain kind of intentionality and regularity of practice. And that's why, you know, music does kind of fall into that category because, you know, especially in Indian music, when we learn Indian music, like to practice, you know, to do what we call your riyas, to do your practice, it's also called sadhana, you know, which is the same word we use in, in the yogic traditions, meditation traditions of sitting, you know, doing your practice. So I think anything that calms you down is is like a general kind of thing you could you could say but to make it i think truly like a meditative practice one has to have you know a kind of intentionality and regularity of of doing the thing and i think if you put those two together then i would i would call it meditation i would call it meditation that makes so much sense because that aspect of intentionality of like practicing and being constant and and setting up some time specifically for that. I think that is a, a yeah. really important aspect of, of meditation. Yeah, exactly. How would you describe making music as a contemplative practice? So, you know, I teach this whole class called Music and Meditation, and we kind of go through that range, you know, whether it's kind of like a passive type listening, like, you know, music kind of makes me feel good. I put it on every day and that kind of thing to very focused, deep listening that's done, you know, again, with that intention and regularity over time. Um, so I think music presents us with, again, the full range of what, you know, we just talked about could be meditation. Um, personally, uh, you know, like I said, the, the classical Indian music tradition it's fundamentally a spiritual tradition. Um, it is, in fact, a meditative tradition. I mean, that that's the whole thing. In, in India, anything can be meditation. Anything can be a type of yoga. So this particular thing is nada yoga or sound yoga. And it is done as a practice. And that's why, like I was saying, we call it sadhana. You do it every day. You do it without fail. Sometimes you like it. Sometimes you don't. But you do it because you know that it's part of your your path. Um, so from a classical Indian music standpoint, raga music, the stuff that I play, 
that is its meditational music and to to learn it and to play it is a type of meditation and that's like part of how we learn at the same time you know music is fun music is casual and it can have all of those aspects to it but just returning to that central theme when you have like fixed regular intention then it's i think it's something different um i think it's something it elevates it to that place of like a meditative practice um rather than maybe just a meditative experience or something definitely and it's also very subjective right like for some people some specific um genres or some specific songs might be more like of a meditative yeah, yeah. And, then, and when we talk about this in class too i mean arguably there was you know usually kind of like ambient type music like gentle sounds you know sometimes nature sounds etc etc tend to be considered more meditative but part of the class is also to say that any music can be i mean like one student did her whole thing on pink floyd another guy did his on um uh, pearl jam i mean so so you're totally right because you know music is a highly subjective thing i mean some people listen to you know doom metal and feel calm and relaxed after that you know um so who's to say uh and again this is like i think we really need to expand our conception of what like meditation is because it can really be many 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 things um and i think we kind of get stuck in that you know like meditating monk on a mountaintop somewhere all peaceful that's fine but that's just one type of meditative kind of practice i mean arguably you know students that go to or students kids young people they go they go to like like a rave or something you know and they're dancing and 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 you know just it's full on like active but the effect that it has on that person is calming them down so who's to say that it doesn't qualify as a meditation if it's something that's calming the mind but again with the rave it just becomes like an experience like you just go there for that day it's not like you're going to raves every day and like working on your trance state you know <laughs> at, at raves it's just it's not it's not that way so there's a difference there but i think it's really really important for us if we want to really kind of see the full potential of what these kinds of experiences can do for people is to make that range available at least in our perspective of what could be considered meditative definitely and is there a difference between playing the music and listening oh yeah definitely um l i mean listening is great um but I mean, it's kind. I mean, you 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 are active when you're listening. I mean, active listening. That's what we tried to develop this thing called deep listening. Um, but it's still kind of passive in its own way. You know, like you're you're just receiving and processing. Whereas when you're making music, you know, you're the producer of this thing, and you know, cognitively, it's totally different. Like when when when, like in a concert, let's say, like when you have to perform you know, once the music starts, it's like, there's this thing that happens. Like, I mean, I feel like nothing else can enter my mind because it takes so much focus to, to just 
stay on track um that like you can't think about anything else you know that whole idea of one one focused mind kind of thing that happens in music a lot um just especially because you know this music is challenging like it requires a lot of focus to do it um i think the, the the other thing is like especially for indian music is that everything's improvised so you know everything's like in the moment you have to just like be there in the moment like all the time and you're constantly kind of reacting and and moving and you know the double player the drummer does something you know you hear that and you you know so it's like always like you're very much like in the moment all the time i think that's a, the big thing and the, the other feeling i have you know is it's like you know sometimes you get a you know i don't get too, really nervous for concerts but you know there is a little nerves like something going on before the concert you know a little anxious but the minute the music starts it's all gone and i you i feel like i feel like i'm on like a roller coaster basically you know it's like you get in and it starts and you can't stop it all you're trying to do is like keep it you know on the tracks kind of thing and there's no time to do anything else um so yeah <laughs> that's that that's what playing music is like for me <laughs> yeah i can feel the passion in your <laughs> voice while you're explaining <laughs> yeah. you should come to yeah. a concert we we did a concert uh for contemplative studies like uh, a couple months ago it was nice wow yeah. That's beautiful. And I'm so curious, like, for example, your students who talked about Pink Floyd or, or Pearl mm -hmm. Jam, like, what was that all about? About about the other bands that, yeah. that were, were not as maybe classical? Well, one one thing that came up a lot was, um, you know, lyric content. You know, you have like Indian music. Well, at least the instrumental form that I play, you know, there's no lyrics. It's just it's just uh, instrumental music, and there's a certain kind of place I think that that can take you, like a non-linguistic kind of just purely like sonic, emotional kind of place. Whereas these guys, a lot of times when they commented on the the Floyd or the the Pearl Jam was, you know, the music was good, it had like a good rhythm, but the main issue for them actually was the lyrics and and what kind of meditative state the lyrics would kind of take them to also with music it like always like reminds you of you know when i first heard those songs or like you know what context or what place was i in when i heard so it, it became much more of a kind of a cognitive emotional type of exercise with the bands um more than like uh i don't know like a kind of somatic psychosomatic kind of thing that happens when you're just listening to instrumental music i don't know this is this is me just thinking about what they're they're saying you'll have to ask those guys <laughs> <laughs> no that's so interesting because it's also very much like poetry I think. absolutely poetry is the other i mean most of my work was translating poetry and i think well again same thing in the indian tradition language the sound of language poetry and spe specific like kavya has a kind of way to you know release these tensions to enliven your spirit to and then they take it to another level they say even like create 
you know, the things that it's talking about, like poetry, like language creates the world in a sense. In the, I mean, so the power of language is 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 super intense. I mean, our, you know, the other argument is that music is a language. It's just a language without words. It just it so music has a way to like penetrate in to places that words can't go. So when you take like the Pearl Jam songs or whatever, you put nice music and words together. It it has like a, a, a double impact. I think that's powerful. I am. And you know, we you'd love this thing I just did. Um, we um, I have some friends that uh, one's a Persian poet and one's an American poet, and he, the 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 American poet reads the translation of these Hafez poems, then the Persian poet um, recites it in Persian, and all in between, I'm playing sitar in the background, so um, it's pretty cool. <laughs> wow that's like the whole experience yeah and it's it's very meditative um you know to hear the 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 poetry being spoken then even to, in english and then to hear it in persian because you know i don't speak persian but, but there's a power to like the sound of a language and like what it does to you internally um so yeah it's we need more of all this stuff you know what i mean like meditation you know, it, it's just like a thing right now, but like, we you know, we need more art. We need more poetry. We need more music. We need all of these wholesome, good activities that, you know, really just pick up your spirits and like, you know, they do something to you in your consciousness, you know? Um, so spending more time with <laughs> these things, I think is good for all of us. Yeah. Like for example, for me, flowers, flowers are the most beautiful thing. It's so funny because I sometimes go and sit on a bench and just stare and I sometimes cry because it's so beautiful and it's like I our minds are running like oh I have to do this I have to apply to this I have to do this and then like thinking about expanding and and doing more and achieving when in reality sometimes just sitting down and and staring at flowers is the humanist thing <laughs> you can do and we forget that absolutely i'm so with you they're like profound and if you get close to even some of the small ones there's like crazy amount of you know design involved in that and the structure of it and it's amazing i mean that, that's the thing you can cry at a flower absolutely because it's it's like genius <laughs> this is like you know ten thousand bill millions of years of of development and, and and experimentation that nature is like you know giving us this thing it's like it's like unbelievable <laughs> and i feel like we often are so caught up in like what we're doing and and our daily stuff that we forget to pause and just fully absorb something beautiful which is art like in all of its forms exactly and in the most fundamental form it's nature you know, loving nature um, is the, the the heart of it all. I th I feel all of it, it, it. You know, like even Indian music, we say is the music of nature. You know, it's like it's all about like reflecting that greater cosmos which we are a part of, and all of it is together. Um, so yeah, I think it is super important. I mean, getting back to the meditation, though, you know, I think kind of what you were saying, like the real core of of what meditation is is kind of developing our capacity to slow down 
and you know take that time to see all that beauty all around us that's here all the time you know it's like a cons it's like a reminder every day be like oh yeah take time to slow down yes yes okay i'm gonna do that and then you know and <laughs> and like anything it becomes like habit you know and then that just starts becoming the way that you interact with the world the way you perceive the world you know so yeah exactly it's something that starts like with meditation or or music or whatever that is and then it starts projecting itself into everything that you do and like everything in life starts slowing down a little and just yeah yeah and we were talking about how um it's so important to like connect more with these artistic aspects of life nowadays and what do you think are some ways that we could do that so maybe maybe i should expand it like like what i see is art like maybe take it back to the, you know i think it's it's all about like being closer to nature you know if we can spend more time going for walks spending time with trees breathing in that air like seeing that those are living creatures with these whole lives and histories behind them you know just taking more time to be with family and and you know kind of like a lot of the stuff that happened with this covid you know when we weren't running around as much and then people were at home and like baking bread and like hanging out with their families it was like i think a really good reminder of some of the beautiful things that we have um we're just in a particular moment in human history where we're obsessed with like acquisition of wealth and material things and it's it's driving us all insane um and what's even scarier in a way is that you know now meditation is just another commodity in that list of things to acquire you know so now you just say oh i do my pilates i do this i do that i do a little meditation and it's like just a thing so real meditation is about a perspective you know we want to develop that perspective like a holistic idea of like our human you know relationship with the rest of the life around us you know i so really getting back to like these fundamental things um i think is is for me like the the core of what even meditation is about slow down get back to earth get back to like your family you know your good friends you know community basically it's all about developing that good sense of community see what it is is the world has all these issues going on you know social media this thing poverty that thing all this stuff and we're moving in that direction and just more 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 you know more money all this stuff right and then for a minute you kind of stop and say yeah this is an issue man like we got to take care of it like we got to work on this and so what do you do you add something like meditation into your list of things that you do, which is, you know, kind of arguably fine, but why the real issue should be, let's reduce all of that bad activity that we're doing. We're not moving in that direction. You know, it's the same thing with like the environment. You know, we know we're polluting the environment. We know we're polluting the environment. We know we're trashing all this stuff. No one's saying we should reduce stuff. We're just like trying to figure out new technologies to, you know, make less pollution that's not the answer you know the answer is 
we need to reform our behavior. You know, that's the root cause of these problems. Same thing with, 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 you know, meditation. It's just being used as like a thing where what it really is, is like I'm saying, a change in perspective altogether. And it, it changes your whole behavior altogether, you know? And it's harder. That's why I think people like to view like these things as just like, oh, I'll, I'll fix it. I'll, I'll figure it out later. It's really hard to actually sit down and take responsibility for all of the things that we're doing and change that. It is because it requires sacrifice. Mm. And that's the thing that we don't want. We want to have our cake and eat it too. You know, you, you want to have the, the, the huge air conditioned building and be environmentally like, you know, whatever helpful at the same time, it's just can't do it. You know, you have to sacrifice that fancy building. You know, if you really want to, if you really believe in, you know, climate change or helping climate change or whatever, you know, so it's, those kinds of things that, you know, we need to think about. We need to think about the food we eat. That's probably one of the biggest issues on the planet, you know, that we're not really dealing with it at all. You know, our solution is let's make fake meat. And so it's like, okay, fake meat's fine, but like, <laughs> so anyway, I'm kind of going off on a tangent. The, the, the real core point I'm trying to make is this. Let's say you have a back problem like I do, right? So there's something wrong. There's a nerve that's being pinched there and I need to do these exercises and, you know, it's going to take time, you know, for it to get back into its position. Now, in the interim, it's really painful. It's, I know it's a problem. So I, you know, and I knew I was going to have this interview with you. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take some Advil in the morning. Now that Advil definitely makes things better, right? But I can't, you know, fool myself to think that just taking Advil for a while is going to solve this problem. Or I just sit there and take Advil forever now. And I've never ad addressed that pinched nerve, you know, which was caused by a lot of bad behavior of my posture or whatever. So I have not like remedied the root cause of any of these things, you know? And that is the problem. We need to go to root causes, you know, otherwise we're fooling ourselves, you know, and in a way making the problem even worse. So same thing, like meditation is like a root thing. It's not Advil, you know, we're using it like Advil when we should be using it like back stretches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. That, that's the point that I'm trying to, to make. That makes total sense. Yes, it shouldn't just be like one more thing. It should actually be instilled in who we are or something like the way we show up, the, the things that we do, the way that we think. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, if I could just sum it up, meditation has become like medication. Whereas, whereas meditation should be, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a perspective of life. I really, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think the biggest thing right now for our world is just slow the fuck down. You know, like we're just going too fast for no reason for, for like, it's like a sickness, you know, that we can't slow down, you know? Sorry, I swore that. <laughs> it's, it's like, we're all racing 
and we nobody wants to yeah and nobody knows why we're doing it we're just exactly yeah. exactly it's just like it's like you've lost your head you're just like what it is it's like it's a current you know of our of our society today and you get trapped into that current and you know your friend did this so you feel like you should do that your parents want you to do this so you feel you should do that just like everyone around you is like doing it so you just go along with it and it's hard to kind of like go against that grain you know but you have all the willpower to do it you know that that's all your choice i mean i'm telling this to myself too like you know what do i want to do in my life like i need to slow down think more and i think that's a question we have to ask ourselves all the time like we have to continuously recalibrate and and stop and look back because it's what you're saying it's so fast paced we're just moving and moving in automatic pilot and sometimes we just have to stop and say wait is this even what i want to do anymore am i is this a direction i want to go still yeah so exactly so i think to me I mean, you know, religion itself, religion just means to like, you know, come back, basically. And daily meditation for me is that opportunity every day to like stop and like reassess, like you said, or like, you know, reconfigure or like, you know, reevaluate what's going on. And then every day, okay, slow it down. You're doing fine. Okay. It's okay. Like whatever it is that goes on in my thoughts at that time. But it's a daily reminder. That's really what it is. And, and then you just make that habitual and then slowly, slowly, slowly over time, that slowing down becomes not the thing I'm thinking about during meditation, but just becomes the thing I'm doing all during the day. And the meditation is just like an extra reminder. You know, Einstein has that quote, you know, like you can either go through life thinking that, that nothing is a miracle or you can just think that everything in life is a miracle. It's true. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we're even here, it's a miracle. Like you can't even come or the human body. What the heck? It's so complicated. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, you're like suffering from this back pain and all I ever think is like, I can't believe I don't get like hurt more often. Like there's so many things that could go wrong all the time. And like how we actually stay kind of healthy is amazing, you know? Just like a million things going on. Yeah, and we just have to appreciate it. That's it. That's all we really have to do. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Meditationable. For more wisdom, visit at Meditationable on Instagram.